Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So you might be wondering why I'm flying solo again. Well, Pastor Werner is taking vacation this weekend. Uh, it's the right time to do it before we got school starting up, maybe in September and everything like that. So he is enjoying a nice vacation. I think he's, what's that called? Door County, I think, is where he said he was going. So we'll pray for him and hope that he has a restful time after he's finished all of his schooling and things like that. But today we are coming together to reflect on this parable of the weeds. And as many of you are probably well aware, Jesus liked to teach in these stories. These stories that are simple, and simple as Johann did a really good job showing us this morning, simple that even a child can understand. And, and very, very accurately answer what's going on. But yet complicated enough that we after thousands of years of hearing this one simple story, are still thinking about it, reflecting on it, chewing on it, trying to figure out what's going on. So in Matthew 13, Jesus tells the story of a guy who plants, who, who sows seed in his field, sowing good grain of wheat. He's full of hopeful expectation. He's got the seeds in the ground. He looks around and he is proud and he is excited and looking forward to the harvest to use that grain for himself or to sell it. But yet there is another man who despicably comes and plants weeds among this good crop. All those useful seeds of grain that have been planted, there are just useless seeds of weeds all over the place. And as time goes on, the plants grow as plants grow. That's what they're supposed to do, right? But yet we hear that the servants notice that something looks a bit off. This, this isn't the crop that we planted. This is the crop with a whole bunch of weeds in it. And so they run over to the master and they say to him, what do you want us to do? And the master very wisely responds, leave them be so that the crop is not going to be harmed. And then as that harvest comes, all these plants are pulled up. The good crop is taken and processed and put into the barn as we read. And then the weeds are gathered and tossed into a fire. Simply burned because what other use is there for them? You know, as with many of these stories, what we soon read afterwards are the disciples going over to Jesus and saying, All right, uh, what are you talking about? You know, sometimes we kind of look at them and we think, ah, they're, they're a little bit thick-headed, they might be a little dumb. But really, I don't think that it's, it's an intelligence thing for them. I think they, they have their own idea about what this parable might mean, and they want to make sure that they're right or not. And so Jesus explains to them that these good seeds are the children of the kingdom, and these bad seeds are the sons of the evil one. The master's the father, the enemy is the devil. The good and the evil are growing and living together, but one day there will be a harvest when all things will be harvested. The good will be gathered to the Father. They will be righteous. They will shine like the sun. The evil will be gathered together. They will be tossed into the fire. But what I think is also kind of interesting is you, we notice in verse 41 that they also gather all causes of sin and all lawbreakers. Well, it's, it's 
nice and clear there, fairly simply explained. Nine times out of ten, when we get an explanation from Jesus on a parable, it usually adds a little bit more confusion because he's adding just layer upon layer upon layer of these teachings. But Jesus very, very simply puts it, you know, well, this is what this is, that's what that is, and so on and so forth. And ends with, he who has ears, let him hear. Basically saying, pay attention, listen to this. Know that these things are happening. The good go to God, the bad go to the fire. But the problem is, is which one am I? Which one of us is a good seed? Which one of us deserves to shine like the sun? Which one of us to, deserves to be thrown into the fire? Now, I don't know if you have ever really uh, seen the early stages of corn. Uh, I know we've got a couple of farmers and a couple of farm kids who are well aware. Um, in the early stages, these two plants look almost identical. Uh, Rachel, my wife in her garden, likes to try and experiment with other things, figure out how these plants work and grow because she just loves them. And she, she's growing a couple, uh, a couple stalks of corn. And I was helping her weed the garden, and she just she shouted stop at me because I was about to pull up the, the freshly planted corn. And I was like, this is this just grass. I don't know what you're talking about. This is part of the problem. Is you, you can't really tell which is which. And when we stop and try and see which is the good crop, which is the bad weeds, sometimes it's impossible to tell. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that I have any sort of expertise with plants. I, I know very little. But what I think is helpful is, is to look at the plants of, these, of this parable and just see how, how hard it is to tell what's wheat and what is weed. Even what we hear from the master, we, we hear him say that just let them grow up together. I don't want anything to get confused. I don't want anything to be harmed. But the huge risk that you and I have is looking at this parable and going, I'm a good plant. I'm not a weed. I'm not a son or a daughter of the evil one. I am a child of the kingdom. I have nothing to fear of the harvest because I am good. There's a guy I know, though. He's definitely a weed. He's out at the bar. He hangs around with the wrong people. He's got a filthy mouth. If anyone is a weed, it's, it's that guy. Especially because I, get, I see him in church, planted right next to me. Here we have a weed sown among good plants. But not me. I am here in church. I get to church early. I am here every Sunday. And when we couldn't gather together, I was the first one to turn on the radio. I was the first one to turn on the live stream. I even listen and pay attention to other church services and other preachers. I give of my money to the church. I participate in the various groups of the church. I'm a good plant. But the problem with thinking like that is where's the focus? And the focus is entirely on their works. And even though these good works are done in church, are done as a part of church, that person is still focused on themselves and their own efforts. Sure, they are. They're in church. That's great. They go to church every Sunday. But their focus is not on God. 
Yet that man that they think is a weed, yeah, he gets caught up in the bar. Yeah, he takes things too far sometimes. Yes, he speaks foully. But when you see him at church, all he's doing is looking at the cross. He knows his sin. He hates how he cannot control himself. He goes to God and confesses that he is poor and miserable. He hates the condition that he's in, and he hates that he cannot save himself. And so he throws himself at God's feet, asking for mercy, for the sake of Christ, to forgive him, to release him. So in that example, who's the good plant and who's the bad weed? The reality is they're both good plants. You see, we have been planted and sown into this creation by our Father in heaven. Born and and planted when he wanted us to be born and planted to grow. We glorify that we grow in God and that we are made to be a good, wonderful crop. But the evil one who seeks to undermine the works of the Father has sown his seeds among us. He sows this, this seed of rebellion, of, of discontent, of malice. But look at this parable and think, why do we remove weeds? You know, as, as Nancy said, some of these weeds are actually pretty, right? They, they have beautiful flowers on them. So why do we re- remove weeds from, from a good crop? Why wouldn't we want some beauty added to that? And it's because these weeds will choke out the good crop. These weeds will take over the good crop. They will kill the plants. And this is exactly what the evil one has done to us. His seeds that have been sown have killed us. They have brought death into our world. But here's the thing. Christ shows up to fix this problem. With Christ, this harvest that was terrifying changes. Without Christ, the weeds are completely choked out, or the, the, excuse me, the weeds completely choke out the good crop, and the whole harvest is a bust. But Christ comes to fix the situation. When he goes to the cross, he takes upon him all of these seeds of evil. He takes them into himself, and he dies, and he buries it in a stone tomb where nothing will grow. But in that tomb, he leaves behind these seeds of rebellion, this evil, this death. Now this cross and this tomb are left behind to make a successful harvest. And there will be a day when Christ will return, and when he does, he will bring the harvest with him. He will harvest the good crop, The weeds and those crops ruined by the weeds will be tossed and burned into a fire. So the question to consider now is, are we good crops or are we crops which have been ruined? We've all been ruined. And just like a piece of corn cannot fix itself when it suffers weeds or disease or anything like that, we ourselves cannot fix anything. We cannot fix the problem of evil and sin. This is why we can only rely on Christ. 
You cannot rely on your own works. You cannot think that you were ever good enough or that you ever did enough because it will never be enough. This is why Christ has done it all for you. This is why you can only rely on him. So again, consider those two people I talked about earlier. The thing to consider now is which one might you be? Do you think about how much you have been a part of this church? About how your family has been a part of this church for generations? Are you thinking that participation in this church makes you righteous? So many out there think that that's what it takes. That at at the time of death they tell me, Pastor, he was a good man. He went to church. Thankfully, I have the, uh, the tact not to say, I don't care. Because those things don't matter. What matters is what Christ has done. Do you understand your need for God's freedom, for his forgiveness, for his grace? Do you understand how much you need that? What I want you to see is that it's not about what you have done. It's not about who you are, but it's about God's love for you. Even as you and I, as we all continue to struggle and fight with sin, God's freedom is here for us. We are released. We are released of the guilt, of the shame. But that also means that we are free from thinking that we have to do all of these things to be good enough. We are set free. But finally, friends, consider that harvest at the end. Whether it's, a, it's an ear of corn that is large or small, whether it grows quickly or, or just pops up right in time for the harvest, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the master chooses for his crop. And he has chosen you already to be his good crop, to be free from evil, from blemish, from sin, from death. Amen? Amen. Amen.